Welcome to the Explorers podcast. I'm Michelle Martin, and together with my husband, David, we present new weekly episodes focusing on all things outdoors. We focus on camping and overlanding, people, places, and mapping. For those of you new to ExploreOz, our website is www.exploreoz.com. And our app is called ExploreOz Traveller, which you can check out on the app stores available for all platforms. Our podcast is not just about tech and maps, it's also about sharing beautiful places in our country. We chat with travel community and we want to learn from one another and share that with you. We want to introduce to you some ideas from others about living the adventurous lifestyle and hopefully you'll find it inspirational. Subscribe to the podcast, tune in weekly as we bring you stories, insights and tips from extensive four-wheel drive Explorers. Explorers is more than a channel, it's a journey. So gear up for another episode and let's explore together. Hi again, everyone. Um, this episode, we're going to start talking a little bit about how we came to be a mapping publisher and our first map set, EO Topo 2013. So Obviously, that relates to the year 2013. And so each edition of the map that we produce is a full rewrite um, and it gets given the year um, in its name so that you know what edition you're buying and, and the accuracy and the, the, the currency of, of that app data. So we first produced our own um, map product, EO Topo 2013, in the year 2013. And that was three years before we even launched the Explorers Traveller app, which didn't come out until 2016. And so what was going on in our business in those days was really just working on that technology of digital mapping and really trying to bed down getting a product that was easy for users to um, download, to purchase and use on a range of different devices that and they the already website. had. And so the key for us is that I know there is other companies out there um, selling products like HN7 at the time and things like this that were standalone handheld navigation devices. But what we really wanted to tap into was providing uh, a digital map in a software uh, system that would work on the existing device you had because a lot of the feedback we were getting from customers was that they didn't want to spend dollars $600, $700, $800, $1,000 on a piece of hardware that couldn't do anything like read their mail or make a phone call. Yet here, here we already had technology advance. We had phones and iPads and things that we could carry our email and, and, um, and all the other everyday stuff on it. So by being able to... Um, refine our digital mapping to be in a format that those devices um, could could utilise was where we decided to focus our energies rather than developing a whole new bit of hardware, which is what some of the, I suppose you call our competitors, were doing at the time. Yeah, so early on, the raster products that Michelle was talking about from the 2013 release, effectively we took the geoscience data that we had licensed to use and by taking that, that particular data and then coupling it with our own research data, um, we were able to, you know, uh, with our own research data and our own styling and, and the way that, the way that we wanted to see the maps basically on the screen, um, we were able to produce those early maps. Now those early maps, you know, in 2013, it was really a first cut version. There probably wasn't a great deal of extra content that was put in there other than what was provided, uh, from the last few releases of the geoscience data set. And I, I don't make any excuses for that. We didn't have, uh, we were basically trying to 
get ourselves a, a process or a flow to be able to produce these maps, uh, at, you know, to, to deliver to all of these devices. Obviously, over the years, you know, we'd, we'd had tracking systems, so we'd already been integrating with uh, spot satellite messenger services and some other bits and pieces where people were using our services to track travels and journeys that they were doing, you know, so we were actually capturing their live tracking or people were able to upload their GPX files at the time, they used to be called plot files from Aussie Explorer. It was a PLT and a WPT file. Um, now they've, they've obviously all just come down to this GPX or KML, KMZ or whatever other extensions they are. But we've basically been accepting that level of input into the Explorer system for a great number of years because that's basically how we're publishing our track notes and bits and pieces. So whilst we were, whilst we were receiving a lot of um, user-generated content, user-generated plot files and track logs and tracking um, that was all being conducted through the systems, we were able to compile road updates and road network updates by knowing where people were travelling and how, you know, uh, and, and what the data that we were seeing coming in. Obviously, we were also able to supplement it with other data that we could get from, you know, census and the government and the native title and uh, we could go out and, and seek and source all of these additional data sets that we deemed necessary to produce, you know, a, a quality outback topographic map. We had plenty of complainers over the time about what is and isn't topographic. We had lots of twos and fro's about what should or shouldn't be on the map. Uh, we've held fairly true to, to, to our understanding and realistically what we put on the map is what we think people want to see and what, what we know when we're traveling we want to see. Um, and so for years, for the first few years of our map releases, it was basically refining our developmental flows, but also then how we can accept the user-generated content, the user-contributed plot files, the tracking, uh, and also other supplementary data that we we're able to download off the, you know, from service providers to compile the map products. And so over the years, you know, we developed that. We were still living in the raster phase right up until, when did we change from raster to vector? Uh, 2021. 2021. So it's a long journey on the, on the raster project. <laughs> And um, we we had a we developed that product and kept accepting user generated content, user feedback, and expanding our uh, data sources. We need to step back a little bit here and um, also explain that while all this was going on, um, no, we can actually cut what I'm saying right now. I know what you're about to yeah. say, and I don't think we want to go there. But um, you know, we were obviously we were obviously digital. Uh, we we're obviously in the digital space. Um, we were we're a, we're a data business. We're a data publishing business. We understand data. We understand databases, electronics, and digital media. So one of the things that's easier for us would we call it easier? One of the things that wasn't as complicated for us um, is managing databases of disparate data data sources. And mapping is all about plethora of data and compiling it all together and formulating it into a, into a single output entity. Yeah. And that's something that uh, as IT people and we're good at. This is what we, this is what we do. We deal so with that data all the time. I can illustrate that for people some more because I know when I talk to people on the phone and when they actually tell them that the way that the map is built, um, and you've told me this, um, is that there are 260 
different data elements and each one of those now, on the current map yeah yes. and each one of those behind that sits its own database and so one of the other things that's different with our mapping we always produce a whole of australia map set we don't divvy it up into a wa victoria or even by region like there's well, other we did it, we did earlier on and that was to be able to deliver it to the devices so that people could just get a sure, subset. Sure, but our, our but data we, we set, produce a national product. Yeah, it's a national it. product. Yeah. So when, when we talk about EO Topo, it is a whole of Australia. Yeah. EO, by the way, stands for Explore Oz, and Topo stands for Topographic. Yeah. So EO Topo, not Topo, because Topo <laughs> is Topographic. Not Oz Explorer. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, we digress. But that's actually quite funny. The number of mispronunciations is really cool. So anyway, EO Topo. At this point, you know, we've gone through the production of how we, you know, basically the, the, the flows of how we got to producing our map. Um, we've obviously gone through the raster oh. production years. Yeah. Uh, we then supplemented that and we we moved, we wanted to move into vector-based mapping. Um Vector-based well, mapping seemed to be the product and the way that everything was moving forward. Your Google Maps, uh, you know, your, your Apple Maps and all of those mapping products that were commonplace on your desktop, on your phone. But people don't really know around. the difference between raster and vector. Oh, so yeah, okay. you've indicated before the raster is like a photo. If you try to enlarge that photo, it gets pixelated and blurry. Yeah. So that was happening with maps in that format. But that was the technology of the time. Yeah, because um, at every zoom level, we created a picture. Yeah. Right. And so you didn't have any in-between zooms. And when you ran out of zoom levels because the files were going to get too big, which was around about level 13 in the old days, zoom level 13, you couldn't go beyond that because it became like a four gig file for the, for the next ones and the next yeah, ones. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's why, why yeah. we couldn't, why we couldn't deliver a map that went to zoom level 18 in raster and years ago is because as soon as you hear about zoom level 13, we're already talking somewhere in the vicinity of 16 million tiles. You were to telling produce me that, that level it doubles the file size quadruples. for every one whole four number times. that you increase. Four times. Four times. Okay, so to go from level 13 to level 14 yeah, is it's four, four times, times the, the file size. size. Yeah. So, folks listening, <laughs> some of you that have spoken to us on the phone over the years and going, why can't I get more detail? It was because of that. We knew that you won your you didn't have NBN at the yeah. time, um, and you just couldn't download that amount of data for a whole of Australia map file. And so until we had the technical capability of being able to deliver that more um, high-resolution detail, uh, we couldn't do it. And so that's what the transition from raster, that word raster is the image, gets pixelated when you zoom it, to vector. Vector is fantastic. Vector is a format that our modern devices use all the time. You're used to using it, you just don't know the term, but everything is 100% clear, high resolution and high zoom. I'll try and um, simplify what vector is. Vector is basically, so if you, took a, if you took a drawing frame and you drew a circle and a square and a line and a dot, those, those particular elements are vectors. So when the, when the map is, when, when we deliver vector data, basically we're delivering the coordinates of a square or the coordinates of a dot or the position on this image that we're going to place each of these elements. So they're actually, the data is actually compiled on the device. It's built at the time. So all we do is we say, put a square there. It doesn't matter how big the square is and which part of the square is, it's going to produce a square. So the square will just get bigger at different zoom levels and smaller at other zoom levels based on the size of the actual 
square. So Why now you can see the difference between the two of us. He's the technical one. Yeah. <laughs> and I will just dumb it down for you because yeah. I don't understand everything he's but saying But basically anyway. with Vector, we can, we can produce data to a certain zoom level and that data will carry through on further zoom levels because it is being drawn at each of those levels. It's not a picture, it's not a static image at zoom level 13. So we can go up to zoom level 18. In fact, we could actually go to 21, but we've limited it 18. Hmm. Um, you know, people um, like to know what does this zoom level number mean? What does it equate to? And you it, know, It's historical and it goes back to Google zoom levels. Google started the zoom level to... Google started with the zoom levels way back early on in the days when they created their maps. And there is a whole technical documentation about what the zoom levels. It is a, it is a geo, it is a geo mathematical reason. But and the it's map to do scale, with, right? They yeah, but it's to do with the hopping of the whole thousand. surface of the earth on zoom level zero. And then each of the, the numbers are subjective. The, the numbers are, one to whatever exact scale, it's not an exact scale. But we do show a little scale bar in the bottom right-hand side. And, like, I know at max zoom, which is level 18, that number says 20 metres. Yes. And that's a pretty detailed, isn't it? So there's a bit of history on the uh, EO Topo product. And, you know, make sure you subscribe and catch up with us on the next blog um, in the series. Speak to you later. Bye.